Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Brooke Cavallo is the digital account executive at BCW Global, the world's third largest global public relations and communications firm. As a member of the Brand Solutions Group, Brooke works across a variety of clients where she focuses on influencer management and digital campaigns. With a BS in strategic communications and a specialization in nonprofit management from The Ohio State University, Brooke has worked in public relations, social media, nonprofit management, and event planning. She is originally from Columbus, Ohio, and a proud Ohio State wrestling and football fan. Outside of the office, you can find her wandering around the streets of New York City like a tourist, reading a book in Washington Square Park, or trying to be a nano-influencer on social media. Welcome to the podcast, Brooke. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're excited. Uh, Everyone listening is excited, I'm sure. Hopefully is as excited as I am to have you on today. Um, So we heard... A little bit about, you know, where you started and where you are today. But tell us in your own words, because I always think it's super fascinating how people arrive at influencer marketing. You have such a cool background. So (laughs) tell people a little bit more about that and just from your words, how you made it to where you are today. Yeah. So um, as I shared, I went to Ohio State University or the Ohio State University as some want to always let me know that that's how you say it. Um, And I studied communications there. I have a specialization in nonprofit management. So I kind of was in the business world, the feel good world. Immediately after college, though, I did not start working for an agency or in the communications world. I never started with an internship in college in the agency life. So how I got here is an interesting story uh i actually was a wedding planner right after um, i graduated so cool (laughs) uh so cool kind of stressful you definitely learn a lot of crisis comms so you know i I definitely have skills there um and through that process i kind of navigated my way from wedding planning to selling wedding dresses with this idea that maybe i'd go into bridal pr then i kind of took a step back from all that worked in nonprofit, and then came to the conclusion like man I need to use my degree. So let me just ask some friends that are in this industry out in New York, Chicago, other places, just for some edits on my resume, some feedback, and just kind of go from there. Uh, Turns out my best friend's older sister in the industry reached out. She's like, hey, like, I can look at your resume. She looked at it, came back, and then was like, actually... 
A friend of mine is interviewing um, currently for positions on their digital and social team in New York. Would you interview? I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, great. Practice makes perfect. Like, I have no agency experience prior to this, but it's going to be nice to see what they look for and where I can, like, improve my skill sets. I interview. A week and a half later, I was offered the position. And two and a half weeks after I was offered the position, I moved to New York City. Uh, I started my first role in digital and social world at Fleischman Hillard, uh, where I first got my toes wet in influencer marketing through, um, you know, some of those clients there. And then after spending a year there, I moved on to BCW Global, where I pretty much just dove headfirst into influencer marketing across a variety of different consumer brands, um, you know, banking brands. So I've kind of been across the board with different, you know, brands and groups now focusing on influencer marketing. So interviewed, accepted, moved two weeks later. Now I've been here two and a half years and there's no turning back now. <laughs> no. And in fact, you're upgrading yes. to a new apartment that you're moving into. That's yeah. exciting. Fifth time I've moved in, in the last two and a half two years. Two and a half years? Yeah. Wow. That's a longer story. <laughs> okay. You're like, we don't have time for that story. <laughs> I'm a little scarred still, but it's okay. <laughs> well, I hope that this one is more permanent. Yes. We're hoping that I stay for more than a year this time. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this before we started recording. Like the sign that you've made it is like, I'm going from a walk up to an elevator. What? I, I have an elevator. Central air. A dishwasher, a courtyard, Ooh. a rooftop. So, you know, I'm really just feeling proud of myself. Hard this work point. pays off. I never have to walk up four flights of stairs to get to my bed again. I'm Although <laughs> you must have been in incredible shape walking up four <laughs> flights of stairs every single day. I mean, it was enough to justify not going to the gym every once in a while. So sure. now I'm not going to have that excuse. So we'll have to check back in and see <laughs> where my like caliber of fitness is in a few months. Yeah. We'll okay. See. We'll do that. We'll have you back on the podcast and we'll, we'll have it be like a <laughs> fitness focused episode. So I'd love to hear more about how your company works with influencers because you guys work, um, which brands do you guys work with? And then I'd love to just hear generally speaking how they work work with influencers. Yeah, so we have, I mean, being the third largest agency uh, globally, BCW Global has really kind of found a specialty niche in influencer marketing. We work with brands in the Colgate-Palmolive space, so that's, you know, your favorite toothpaste brands. Um, That's Tom's of Maine, again, other favorite toothpaste brand, Body Wash. Uh, We worked with Hills Pet Nutrition, which is really fun because, you know, dogs and cats, who doesn't love them? Uh, We've worked with influencer marketing when it comes to Bank of America for some of their cool activations at, you know, festivals, music, concerts. Uh, You know, we've really specialized in this niche market where we're able to not only activate large scale influencer programs, but we have activated small ones that have six influencers that have really had a really great return on value. Um, Whereas others, we've had, you know, 50 influencers. So across the board, we kind of just go big, go small. We kind of just file all in between just based on what our clients' needs are and what we're looking to achieve for them. Very cool. And so talk to us a little bit about some of the like more successful um, activations that you guys have had. Mm-hmm. And for people listening, because everyone is tuning in to like learn a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like people just want to get some like really great pieces of information, actionable. We talk about like what can I really 
take home from this episode and like action tomorrow. So talk to everybody listening about some of the more successful campaigns or activations that you guys have worked on and what you think made it particularly successful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In particular, I've had the pleasure of working on the Colgate Optic White team uh, since the start of my role at BCW Global a little over a year ago now. Um, You know, coming into the agency and on to that team, we were just coming out of a test and learn program for influencer marketing where we're trying to figure out what works best for this brand because what you're going to learn in any influencer campaign is that they're all different. There's no right or like wrong way of doing things because things just work better for some brands, some products, you know, some account teams. And so it's really identifying the flow and how you're going to get like where you need to get going. Uh, With Optic White, we had a successful test and learn campaign with a small group of influencers, you know, leveraging the fact that, you know, teeth whitening is important. And we you know, happen to have the product that works. It's whitening that works. And so how can we, you know, make that known to consumers through the use of influencers in a very authentic way? I think that, you know, there's a lot of questions around, you know, influencer authenticity and brand partnerships. So we were like, what's the way we can get in on an authentic level? So what are some of the biggest things that affect your teeth whitening? Uh, Coffee and wine. And I can argue that I'm a lover of both. So (laughs) it makes sense. Let's find individuals that have a brand affinity to coffee naturally or wine naturally or both like myself um, and go through that way to really help, you know, build the storyline around why Colgate Optic White is, you know, whitening that works. Through that campaign, we worked with a small group of diverse influencers ranging from micro to mega to macro. So, you know, everybody was on the table. Everybody has value in this space. So let's see where it works the best for us. Through that campaign, we actually exceeded all of our KPIs, you know, that we set forth with our client that actually then launched us to an always on program that we've been executing for the last year. So, you know, it started small. We learned a lot. We learned, you know, some things that work better for us and things that, you know, don't. But through the process, we really realized you have to have that strong base to really build up from that brand. But being authentic, like being authentic to it and finding individuals that are going to be really excited about your product. Mm -hmm. um, That's really where we found that our success with our partners. So, you know, we work with new partners. We've worked with previous partners that were in our test and learn. And so we just continue to build these relationships and expand. So. And so if we talk about like authenticity, like mm-hmm. it's such a buzzword, but it's there's so much validity to finding people who are going to really genuinely speak authentically to this brand. And so like what is your process for, or let's just do like a post-mortem on some that have been successful. So, you know, when an influencer has been particularly successful for a campaign and it comes off as so authentic, what did they do? Yeah. So it's a great question because they all kind of do something different. You know, just because we wrap a campaign doesn't mean we stop social listening, seeing what they're posting on their pages on a regular basis. So we've seen a lot of times that you know, somebody will comment on one of their photos of them smiling on their teeth and they'll be like, yeah, it's thanks to Colgate Optic White. And like we do our job where we continue to listen to their social and see how their audience is reacting, even postmortem of this campaign. And that's where, you know, we're seeing actual like a positive sentiment from consumers. We're seeing that authentic brand love, you know, it's not part of their scope of work. It's just part of 
their natural everyday routine. Um, we continue to look at their stories, their in-feed, and we'll see our product pop up. There's been cases where, you know, we've seen their tubes a little bit empty of toothpaste. So we immediately reach out and we're like, we're going to send you some more product and really cultivating those relationships with, you know, influencers and their agents. We have found like to be really successful in building stronger partnerships down the road. Um, you know, it's really important to treat them as like a relationship versus just like a one and done type deal. Uh, we've seen success in building, you know, that brand love and just like a grid like friendship with, you know, our partners and, you know, the people that surround them. Totally. And so like listening after the campaign, I don't know that every everybody certainly doesn't do that. But like to me as a business owner, like sounds like a lot of hours. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like a lot of additional time. But you guys obviously see that it's worth it to invest that time. So what is like is the brand just like love that eat that up, <laughs> you know, like um what have you what have you found by continuing to listen? Yeah, I think part of it, too, it's like. You know, not always is it like a scoped work from our client necessarily. It varies on different account teams. It kind of just also depends on the account team that works, you know, on Optic White or Hills or anything like that. You know, we're really passionate about the brand and like the campaign that we just successfully executed or that we're currently working on that like we have group messages ourselves just with our friends within our office that share if we see a post, we'll be like, hey guys, did you see this? So we might not even necessarily be like actively doing it like, you know, 10 a.m. every day. We're going to watch everybody's social. Sometimes it's just like we see one off on the weekends and we're like, hey guys, did you guys see this? And I think that kind of goes back to also building a strong account team behind these campaigns that you know, not only are like really passionate about what it is they do, but just like passionate about results and building and cultivating these relationships with influencers. So, you know, sometimes it's scoped work with our clients. Sometimes it's just we're on social, we're in the news, we're in the buzz, we're keeping up with social trends. And, you know, it's our job on and off. And that's what we do on a regular basis if we can. Totally. But like one thing that I really have always admired about you is <laughs> what you're just describing. Like you are just genuinely passionate about your work and like you're working when you're not working. <laughs> but like it's because you seem to really enjoy it. You seem to like just speak that language and like it's just genuinely like it 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 definitely comes off as um so just something that you really genuinely enjoy. You you know, you come to our random whim events, you <laughs> know, them. the like BYOB like yeah, it's just casual. We announced it this week. Do you want to come? You have so much to say, you know, about it. Like you love meeting influencers in person and just sort of like really truly cultivating those relationships because it it comes across as like something you genuinely love. And so like as somebody who hires people in this industry, like those are certainly qualities that I would look towards to find in somebody, your coworkers and and people that you've worked with in the past. How would you describe somebody that you would want to hire in the future? Yeah, um, I definitely think just the fact that I love people. I love meeting new people. I think everybody has a story in some way or another. You don't need to be an influencer. You can be a colleague. You can be my SVP for that. You know, I think qualities is just you really need to find somebody that's personable, that's willing to spark 
the conversation. You know, they don't need to always spark the conversation. I think there's definitely levels like myself, like I'll talk to anybody and everybody. I don't think everybody needs to do that. I think, you know, there's different levels where you can find, but finding somebody that is this passionate about building something to make bigger, you know, and that's always not the easiest thing to find in like a one-on-one conversation or an interview, at least, you know, I would admit like I freeze up in interviews and it's really hard sometimes you know to let out like maybe my bubbly personality at first but you know I think that asking like certain questions about their previous work that can kind of pull in that personality a little bit more um you know as simple as asking is like what's been your favorite campaign and why like it seems like such a silly question but I've been asked that question in several interviews, like, you know, over the years with any job, whether it was my nonprofit or planning weddings, you know, my biggest question was, what's your horror story? What's the biggest horror story in the wedding planning industry did you have? And it's a story. (laughs) It's like, but it's allowed me to kind of not only express my personality and how I'm able to handle situations, but it's also like given me the opportunity to show off myself, like my skill sets, you know, learn through the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely think like really trying to find that true passion through like whatever that true passion in this industry is. I think that's so key. And I don't think everybody needs to be passionate about every single aspect of it. I think when you actually pull in a team that's passionate about, you know, somebody may be more passionate about that coverage tracker and those numbers and wants to crunch those numbers. The other person might be more passionate about actually doing those negotiations and having those hard conversations and building those relationships. So, you know, when finding those individuals to kind of pull in that bigger puzzle, I think that's really you know, how you kind of get the best of the best. Definitely. And so um, at my company, we uh, invested in this incredible HR consultant and they taught my whole team about DISC profiles, D-I-S-C. And they all, it's uh, D is for a dominant personality. Mm -hmm. I is for influencer, ironically enough. It has nothing (laughs) to do with the influencer marketing like industry, but it happens to for influencer. Um, S is, I think, stable. And then C is, uh, I think it's compliant. And it's exactly what you're describing, (laughs) which is just knowing, like, I geek out over this stuff. I find it so fascinating. You take, like, a 10-minute test, and it tells you so much information about yourself. And we did it for everybody in our team. Like, if you dig into this a little bit, you'll find that, like, some of the biggest companies in the world, they do it for every single employee. And you learn how to um, know how you best work. Mm -hmm. You know how to work with your coworkers in the best way. And you know how to work with all your clients. And in this sort of industry, you are dealing with so (laughs) many different personalities. And so to be able to sort of like dig into it and have the ammunition and the knowledge to be like, oh, interesting. Like that is such a quality of like an I type personality. Mm -hmm. And And that means that they are just such a people person and they thrive and naturally feel so comfortable. You're probably an I, by the way. Um, (laughs) Like Like just, you know, engaging with people and just asking questions. And, you know, that's their natural environment. For me, I'm a C and a 
C trending D. And if you look into that, you'll know what that means. I have to take this test now. <laughs> it's so my team knows that I like I'm obsessed with it a bit, and we talk about it all the time. Um, we like one on ones on a weekly basis, and we always talk about disc profiling. But anyways, it helps so much. I would really encourage everybody to look into it. Fun fact for the day: so disc profiling, yeah, and like you start to learn, like you can pick up on those traits of other people. And again, just sort of like it's the idea that if you understand where everybody's coming from and what they're naturally inclined to be personality wise, it just helps you work with them. Mm. Um, And so like for hiring purposes, we're talking about hiring, you know, it's like knowing what the role is all about and then filling it based on a personality that would thrive in that role. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about, you know, some people like it needs to be like an outgoing personality and talking and asking questions and things like that. But then other people just need to be like crunching numbers. (laughs) And like you might not thrive in that environment of crunching numbers per se, um, but you would kill it in, you know, (laughs) the type of environment where you're constantly people facing. Yeah. Oddly, you know, you think you go into PR to avoid numbers. Nope. Uh, that's not the case. Oh, that's so interesting. You have to, you gotta love numbers to some extent. Yeah. I will say, it's my biggest, my biggest caveat to getting a communications degree is you're still dealing with numbers, oh. but it's going to be okay. There's Excel <laughs> grids and formulas. Yes. And the world is safe. That's definitely <laughs> helpful. And so let's talk a little bit about that. Like people listening might want to know of, you know, maybe they're listening. They're like, oh my God, I am not a numbers mm. person, but my job calls for dealing with numbers. Like you're saying, I didn't really, I would not have thought that being in PR is numbers driven. That's yeah. so interesting. And so like, do you, first of all, do you consider yourself a numbers person? Um, no. Okay. I'm not like one of those people that can do like a, a math equation in my brain. My father is. Oh, Did not get, you didn't that, get that tree. That. No. I got the, the talking. That's what I got. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Um, and so if that, since that doesn't seem to be like your strongest suit, like what tools can you talk about that have helped you with that along the way? Because it is part of your job. Yeah. So, you know, part of my job is negotiating, crunching numbers, looking at CPMs or impressions and, you know, all these like little numbers and how it goes to our larger like campaign goals. So, you know, again, didn't think I'd ever really have to do it, but quickly fell into it and realized that, you know, it's a large part of like daily upkeep. And I think that's one of my pieces of advice is staying organized in terms of, you know, how you're tracking things. Luckily, though, like I'm fortunate we have account teams that we have like strategy on how we keep things organized and how we keep tracks of budgets um, and how we, you know, really just work together to make sure that, you know, we're not overcharging our client for anything or, you know, we're not underbilling or things like that. And it's all part of it because it's not just, you know, how much fee are we paying influencers? It's also like, how many hours am I working this month that I'm not overbilling? So now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. I'm not saying we're doing like calculus or trigonometry. <laughs> you know, it's typically just simple math, maybe some division. Um, my biggest piece of advice though is, you know, using like Excel sheets. Trust me, 
they might seem dull, but they will be your saving grace um, when it comes to, you know, just managing campaigns, especially large ones. Also, just like working with your accounting to make sure everybody's on the same page. Everybody understands like, you know, what they're responsible for. And sometimes account teams could be like large enough or small enough where they can have one person that manages that. But again, it's your responsibility to keep up on a daily basis to make sure that numbers are correct making sure that you're updating the right trackers when you're supposed to. Um, And it just helps keep everybody organized, not only yourself, but daily, daily, daily. Make it a point every day to make sure that, you know, you're tracking appropriately, that the numbers are right. Um, But I promise it's, it's not hard math. It's just numbers. <laughs> so I am also not a math person or just a numbers person in general. Every time I go out to eat and I leave a tip for my bill, I always make the total a round number. Yeah. <laughs> and so that it forces me every single time to cal- to do the math and to calculate. And that's how bad at math I am, guys. Like, this is simple math. Like, this no, is that, like... No, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh, yeah? Right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, but things like if you really can wrap your head around things that can really help you tools or doing things on a regular basis you're talking about like excel sheets Mm -hmm. like take an online course like an hour or two course about like excel learn a few formulas and just like invest that time and how tremendous that can help you makes such a difference i was fortunate where it was like a college course that i was required to take for my like communications degree i literally spent a semester in excel sheets and you know, I know all the formulas now and I feel like a genius sometimes when I'm just like typing them in there. Um, but I do highly encourage like if, you know, that's not part of your degree program, um, look for an online course. They're typically like not expensive. Also, though, YouTube videos. Oh, my gosh. You just videos. literally Google like, how do I do this in Excel? And I will guarantee you there's somebody out there that has recorded a video of how to do it. A hundred percent. And also keep in mind that a lot of employers really encourage that sort of thing. And so if there is a course that you find and like whatever, maybe it's a few hundred dollars, go to your boss and say like, hey, I really think this would improve um, the way that I do business and my efficiency. And I really want to improve and learn more. Would you be willing to pay for this class for me? A lot of employers would absolutely pay for that sort of a thing. Um, so just even opening up that conversation, um, just going to better everybody's work all around. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely encourage that. I mean, I'm fortunate. I work for an awesome company. You know, we get stipends for taking courses that are related to our job that you know improve efficiencies or we think that like will help like accelerate us like within our career or on our account team so that's another thing just ask the worst that they could say is no and honestly if you don't ask you'll never know you'll never know that's true um and so yeah like another tip i would probably give people is if whatever it is, maybe you're not a people person and maybe just like your job requires a bit of you, uh, a bit of your time to do people oriented things. I would say whatever you're least good at that, unfortunately, is part of your job, do it early on in the day um, because your brain is fresh. And by the end of the day, you're just like, that is not the time that you're going to want to be yeah, doing something that's a I real genuine challenge for yourself. So do it earlier on in the day. I'm a huge, huge proponent for time batching. And so, like, if you look at my calendar and my team knows this about me, like, my entire day is pretty much, like, batched out. So, like, by 
day, the hour, everything is set because I have focusing issues. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. I've done that too, especially during busy seasons with accounts. Like I'm like, I have to do this or like somebody's going to fall through the cracks and, you know, working in an agency setting, I don't just have one client. I don't just have one brand. I have multiple And then within those multiple brands, I have multiple influencer relationships I'm managing and multiple emails, all the emails that I have to make sure I sort through. So I'm I actually my calendar is like color coordinated, blocked off. Highly encourage it. What do you do? You guys use Google calendars? What do you use? We have Outlook. So I actually just like color coordinate it myself. And I write us I write a to do list every beginning of every week, like handwritten to do list. Mm -hmm. I'm very big handwriter. Are you like like good about like you're like, I love crossing this. Oh, yes. Love crossing off my list. (laughs) I have like the dot like notebook. That's like the trendy thing. Oh, like the bullet journal. Yes. You bullet, bullet journal. Oh, yes. Not like super fancy, like where like it's all like neat where you see like those like viral YouTube videos but my to-do list is very it's like my pride and joy I I will admit I love (laughs) every week every Monday or whichever day I'm starting my week I write out my to-do list and so talk to me about your to-do list like how long is it usually on a Monday like how many items like how quickly do you move through it do you actually get through everything are you like for me I'm like a snoozer so I have Outlook as well I'll set alerts and I'm I'm hitting snooze for like a (laughs) week or so and I never get to things sometimes so what's your to-do list like well the one thing I hit snooze on the most is my computer update my goodness (laughs) I'm sure one of these days I'm gonna regret snoozing it but um with my to-do list it honestly varies week to week uh what i do is i always prioritize in the week like on the top of my account so i section it out by account that i have and i write out i reflect back to the last week's to-do list and i look exactly at what i didn't do those definitely go to the top of my to-do list for you know each of the accounts and then moving forward i know items that are maybe a daily thing so is a daily monitoring or is it daily like you know update to our budget tracker um i keep those written down because though it's an everyday thing my days are different every day so you might you know not remember to do it like so I always write it down because again repetition is everything in my mind uh and then I kind of just work my way down from that uh I know deadlines if it's certain you know more prioritized if it's tomorrow or if it's Friday and then I kind of work my way through prioritization again going back to my blocked off calendar um then I kind of fit in those priority items within that block time that's great and so you've talked a lot about organization (laughs) very type a (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the same way. What do you feel has like, whether it's the to-do list or your calendar, like what part of your organizational process do you think really truly has helped you the most in the long run? Um, I definitely have to say my to-do list, Uh, though, you know, blocked off time on your calendar is great. You know, those reminders pop up in the corner of your like email, like I just don't always follow those. Like, it's really hard to, you know, be doing a million different things and then, like, really actually listen to a notification. It's not like your mom whispering in your ear saying, like, you need to do this. Like, it's just a little notification. So um, my to-do list, like, my written to-do list is actually just, it holds me the most accountable in the situation because I wrote it down, I saw it, and it's something that, you know, I look forward to crossing off because I love the feeling of crossing something off. Um, It's just like, yes, one thing less to do. Uh, So, yeah, I highly encourage. I mean, I understand that not everybody 
likes writing down their to-do list. Some people work better with a typed out list. Whatever it is, like, I just am able to hold myself a little bit more accountable when it's my handwriting staring back in my facing you need to do this mm-hmm. or it's not going to get done. Mm-hmm. And what have you, like, have you learned from colleagues or mentors of yours? Let's like broaden it up. Just like business in general. Like what sort of actionable things have you learned from your mentors that you've implemented into your daily routine that have really helped you? Yeah. So, you know, writing one to-do list is like one thing, but also making sure you execute all those items. Uh, I have a colleague in my office and she writes down her to-do list as well and how she marks what are actionable items versus not like might just be notes is something I picked up on Uh, she also you know was an individual that again I'm not a numbers person I didn't have much experience doing budget trackers or you know overall campaign um, budgeting so I sat with her and like saw her process and kind of just like replicated it in a way that you know I was like able to easily do on my own every day, kind of keep updated and organized for the various accounts that I managed. So I think that, you know, great colleagues always offer different things. It might not be the exact way that you do it, but they can also just like offer you like some of the best tips. And I'm super fortunate to have like awesome colleagues that do awesome things that make my job easier in one way or another, whether it's a budget tracker or whether it's, you know, marking what's an actionable item versus not in your notebook, um, how they organize emails, game changer guys, folders in your inbox and how things get flagged and moved. I mean, do it. It's awesome. And I've learned that through them and it keeps me on on top of all the emails I get on a daily basis and, you know, helps keep me organized. Yeah. I mean, we're, I would venture to say most people listening to this podcast also experience the same thing. A lot of email. (laughs) So many emails. So many emails. I don't even want to look at my inbox right now. I'm sure avoiding mine (laughs) either. Um, It can be really overwhelming at times. Um, And I think that like for anyone like myself who like suffers a little bit from anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing really genuinely can be really overwhelming at times. And like when I'm away from my inbox for too long, in some instances, I didn't even get an email. Okay, that's very rare. But like just not knowing and just like thinking that it's piling up and thinking that there's so many things that are outstanding and just simply not knowing if anything's like time sensitive that I need to get back to like can be overwhelming. Um, I'm a big proponent for automating as much as humanly possible while still maintaining some sort of personal element to things. Um, Organization, like you're saying, could like it's just like so imperative. But just sort of like, I don't know. So I have a question about email specifically. Do you shut off email? Like, is there a point in the in your day, the 24 hours that is your day, <laughs> that you set any sort of rules for yourself about communications, from work-related communications? Uh, yes and no. Some days, you know, you go in, you knock out a ton of stuff, and then you get to the end of your day, and you're like, okay, I did good. Okay, that's it. Like, I'm going home. There's definitely never a time I really, uh, like, put an out of office, like, once I leave for call of business. Um, You know, I think in my case, because, you know, there is so many accounts, there's so many people that I work with on a regular basis, it is genuinely difficult to not 
Just glance at your phone, even when you're, you know, might be at happy hour, just at home relaxing, just to make sure nothing like urgent or like anything has popped up. Because, you know, being in the agency, I'm not only representing the brand, but I'm also representing partners that we have put together with the brand. So there's a lot of things that like could pop up that need immediate action. I would say I'm pretty fortunate and everybody's really respectful of like time. Uh, and then I've gotten a lot better of turning my out of office like on and my notifications off completely like over the weekend. So I had a summer Friday last Friday. I turned my notifications off my phone and then I dealt with my email on Monday morning. Um, I think there's like a fine line of balance. I, you know, highly encourage anybody to take a break from their email. I mean, it's it can be overwhelming. Uh, you know, somebody that also suffers from anxiety, having that in the back of my mind, like knowing that emails might be racking up is one thing. But I also know if I don't take the time to, you know, relax or do whatever it is I'm doing, um, you know, that actually just makes the anxiety worse. So you kind of got to pick and choose battles. Um, but yeah, I've gotten better. That's good. <laughs> There's room for improvement, I think. Sure. Um, but, you know, you know, yesterday left the office, didn't look at my email dealt with everything this morning yeah and everything was fine no fires need to be put out all good things Mm -hmm. and we're here we're here i'm I'm sure there's gonna be a few emails in my inbox when we're done sure it's okay same but it's okay and there always will be you know that's just like the nature of what it is Mm -hmm. like it's it's continuing to like there's always going to be more email and more email piling up Um, I think that what you said about like notifications is super important. Like even on my computer, I only realized this maybe a few months ago, there's like a focus assistant Mm -hmm. on my computer and you can set up settings where it's like, okay, so like during time when I'm like time batching a specific task that I want to be working on, I can set up a focus assistant. So my Slack notifications aren't going off all the time and my email notifications aren't going off all the time. You know, same for your phone. Um, There are certain people contacts on my phone. Um, I have an iPhone. Um, that I set as like a VIP. And so like maybe I can ignore emails except for specific people that I set up as a VIP and only those notifications will go through. But really like customizing your communications and work-related items Mm -hmm. to fit what works for you, I just think is so important. I mean, literally, as we're talking right now, my Slack is like ding, 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 (laughs) like lighting up my screen and like, you know, look, sometimes you got to be aware. My colleague is out of the office all week on a vacation that is yeah. very well deserved. So as much as I'd like to fully, you know, turn off everything, I, I have to leave it on because he's gone for a whole week. But by the same token, I think it's so important to just tune out every so often. Like you got to take a mental health break. That's you got to take care of yourself and having so, I mean, we live in New York city. So whether mm-hmm. in you're like New York city or any other big city, there's a lot of stimulation. We're in an industry where like there's constantly things going on. Um, just social media in general. It's yeah. like a constant barrage of information and you know, imagery and just, it's so much all the time. Um, and I think it's really important that you just know what calms you down because everybody responds differently to different things. If you were to take a week off <laughs> and really decompress, what would you be doing during that week? 
Um, so actually, I'm excited that I will be taking one of those, you know, longing weeks. Um, upcoming in October, I'll be in Italy oh, um, so nice. with my mom. So I'm pretty excited uh, to check it out and kind of just shut off. Um, I also have pride in like some of my out of office messages. Um, I make them really fun and just like exciting and encourage people to follow me on my like social journey with wherever I'm at. I love that. Um, so that's like kind of how I keep it fun and playful, but also like I promise I'll respond to you. Um, so yeah, you know, what I kind of envision during that week is I'm going to be just eating a lot of pizza, drinking a lot of wine, walking a ton, um, and just kind of enjoying like something different. But I'm pretty excited. And then I'm just going to shut off. and <laughs> My yeah. notifications are going to be gone. <laughs> yeah. You're like, there's not going to be a few coming through. Like those notifications are disappearing. Yeah. Yep. They're just, they'll be dealt with 10 days after. <laughs> Have you been to Italy before? No. So this will actually be my first time to Europe. Um, I am Italian actually myself. So uh, it's a really important trip to me. And I'm really excited just to kind of go see like, you know, where my family's from and really just explore and uh, I studied Italian in high school and college, so hopefully I pick it up a little bit better than I do right now, but TBD, I'll circle back on that. <laughs> update, update. I knew no words <laughs> when I went. Um, I knew pizza and chow. <laughs> and and spaghetti. It. Yeah, gelato, of course. And all and, the food words. And all the vino. All the oh, vino. Oh, the vino. So I have the important ones down. Yeah, so you'll get by just fine. Maybe I'll pick up a couple more. We'll see. Maybe, yeah. More food. More food related words. I got it. <laughs> um, um, have the best time in Italy. So in Thanks. October you're going. Yes, that's in so, October. I'm so nice. Excited. How many? How much vacation do you guys get at your work? Um, I think we get. It's bad. That I don't know. No, that's off the top of my head. But I think we get ten days. Ten days to start, mm -hmm. and okay. then it kind of varies. And we get so, like four summer Fridays. So these are four full Fridays that we get off. That's nice. Um, you know, I have friends in other agencies. I get half days every Friday. I'm like, mm -hmm. I could never do that. Yeah. I'm like. I have too many emails or like, you know, it's just not everybody shuts off during those times. Yeah. Um, clients don't always like close early, you know, agents or influencers don't always. So it just really depends. But mm -hmm. summer Fridays are great. This is my third week in a row that I haven't worked a full five days, but I'm moving this week. So it's not like a luxury yeah. day yeah. off. Yeah. It's standing in the heat and watching the moving truck. Oh, no. <laughs> be okay. um, your move is going to go perfectly fine. I'm excited. <laughs> no, you should be excited. It's a good move. It'll be good. It'll it's, be good, I yeah. promise. Yeah, it's a really, really good move. Um, so we asked this question of everybody on the podcast, and I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. Um, what do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I definitely think because I came later in the game to agency world, I think that if somebody had just told me that it's going to be okay, then I totally would have trusted it like a longer time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, finding myself in this career a little, a couple years after college, you know, I didn't necessarily go running out the door and with my cap and gown still on into like the communications world. So I think if somebody just would have been like, it's okay, you're going to figure it out in your own way. I think it would have put my mind at ease. Um, you know, I had to just kind of learn that lesson on my own through this process, but it really worked out in my favor. I think I'm in an awesome city. I work with great people and I really have no intention of ever leaving New York or, you know, the kind of the work I'm in right now. So 
just telling me that you're going to figure it out in your own way and just trust it. Brooke, you're going to figure it out in your own way. <laughs> just trust it. <laughs> just trust it. Yes. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so if uh, people want to reach out to you and learn more incredible words of wisdom from Brooke, um, how can they get in touch with you? Um, email, social. You can tweet at me. My Twitter sometimes a little funny. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they can give me a follow on all social. It's just B-E-E underscore Ariel. It's my handle on is Twitter. Is that your middle name? Ariel? Yeah, Ariel, okay. like Little Mermaid. Like the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Not necessarily named after it, but it's my reference. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, so I'm always open to email questions. They can text me even. I mean, Don't give out your phone number. <laughs> no. But if that's the best way of communication, feel free. Okay, well, reach out to her on Instagram or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, B underscore yep. Ariel. If she wants to give you her number, she will. <laughs> but we're not going to have that displayed on this podcast. No. Um, but if you have other questions for Brooke, she is a wealth of information. And she is she's really good at just like availing herself to people because she's such a people person. Yeah. <laughs> I think that makes me an eye. You're an eye. Okay, look up disc profile. I'm going to take it. It's fascinating. I already know what you are, but take it because you'll learn more details about it after. If you're not an eye, I would be shocked. I'll be shocked. Yeah, I would be shocked. I'll let you know. You're like, yeah, I would be shocked. Everyone take your disc profile. (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about it on future episodes. We should. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's such a good resource. You're a great resource. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved every moment. It's been fun. Yay. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work, have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99-cents any-size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full-apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. ba ba ba